everyone. This is a new episode of Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and I'm joined by Seth Wintraub. How are you doing this week, Seth? I'm good. All right, let's jump in. We don't have too much news this week, but uh, that's going to give us more time to take your comments, take uh, your subjects uh, that you want us to discuss this week about the EV world and uh, any question that we, we can answer. So you can put that in the comment section right now uh, since we are live and uh, we're going to get to them in a few minutes. But in the meantime, we're going to still have a few interesting stories to discuss. And we're going to start with Tesla Gigafactory Quebec, which is something that we've discussed a little bit in the past. And it was, I was always prefacing it with the I, I'm biased, obviously, because I, I would like Tesla to come to Quebec and everything. But now, like, so I wasn't just like, I was reading, I was consciously conscious about the fact that I might be reading too much into things, thinking that it's going to be Quebec. But now it's starting to look like strong evidence that we might get a Tesla factory in Quebec. And maybe uh, if I get too uh, crazy about it, that's, you, can, you can play devil's advocate a little bit here. But the new evidence is, I mean, the biggest one here is this new hire that Tesla is looking for in, in Quebec for high volume recruiters. So uh, why this is interesting, it's interesting because it's a, a role that Tesla has been looking for uh, back when, There was the early days of Gigafactory Berlin and Gigafactory Texas. Tesla used a similar language about the recruiters that they wanted to hire in the region, uh, which is looking for a high-volume recruiter. And um, in this case here, the job posting is for uh, is based in Montreal, but it's it's the it's called Recruiter Quebec. When Tesla used these kind of uh, naming scheme for for their position when there's a dash and then there's a either like a semi or or like a market next to it is like it's for the whole market so it looks like this is looking looking for high volume recruiters to cover the province of quebec so we don't know exactly where but there's been a bunch of other indication lately about this getting into not necessarily quebec but at least canada Uh, we discussed about the comments that Elon made at a company, Wide Wheat, meaning in June, where he specified that the next North American factory might not be in the U.S., but in Canada or Mexico. And then uh, uh, he repeated Canada again uh, at the shareholder meeting when someone like, yeah, maybe Canada. And he's like, he, point, he, he singled that one out. So we started thinking, okay, maybe this is, uh, this is really something. And then, of course, last month, we learned that Tesla has filed with the Uh, first, with the Ontarian, uh, Ontario government, so for the province of Ontario, uh, to lobby for uh, accelerated uh, permits f to be part of a package to pos possibly uh, establish a factory there or a manufacturing facility, they called it. And uh, then we learned that uh, Tesla also filed with the federal government there to help them uh, negotiate with provinces Again, accelerated permitting is their main thing. Like they, they don't, they don't want to recreate a Gigafactory Berlin where they're stuck in a bureaucratic nightmare for a year. They want, they want something closer to Gigafactory Texas, which is like, you guys are spending <laughs> the money, you can build. Like, let's just do it. Um, now, Canada is certainly in my in my experience closer to Germany than it is to Texas in terms of uh, uh, bureaucracy and uh, and especially like environmental assessments and things like that. Uh, we are pretty severe on that. But we also open for exceptions. Like there's been a few exceptions that's been made uh, more recently in Montreal with uh, Moderna. Uh, since we don't have any vaccine production in Canada, uh, the government was very nice to Moderna to uh, uh, speed up the process for them to start building their factory in Montreal. 
So there's room for exception. Um, so yeah, then earlier this week, we heard through Electrify Autonomy Canada that uh, Tesla has been visiting Ontario and Quebec, uh, specifically for visiting Vail's nickel operation in Canada. But they said that they used that visit as also an excuse to um, scout some potential site for factory, both in Ontario and in Quebec. Then we learned yesterday exclusively at Electric that Tesla visited uh, Nouveau Monde Graphite, which is a, a graphite mining and processing company that's based in Quebec. Uh, they have a mine uh, in St. Michel, uh, about uh, two hours from uh, from where I am. It's um, about two hours north of Montreal. And uh, they also have, a, or they're currently building a processing plant in uh, what, what what is now called Quebec's Battery Valley. So there's mm. been a ton of investment around a, a town called uh, Bécancourt, which is just uh, on the other side of the river from Trois-Rivières, which is a bigger a bigger city in Quebec, uh, right in between Montreal and Quebec City. And a bunch of companies have established there from uh, BA, BASF, uh, POSCO, uh, Livent. Uh, basically, they are making all the cathode materials and uh, in terms of Nouveau Monde with graphite, they're making the anode material for batteries. So all the components, the critical materials, the battery are being processed there. So it makes a ton of sense that someone would build batteries there. Um, now with Tesla visiting the company, of course, it's might, it might be just for supply agreement, but for supply, for supplying them where, that's the big question. And obviously, a lot of companies lately have been going to Canada to secure critical resources for to make batteries uh, due to the recent change of the tax credit in the U.S. that now accounts for uh, a certain percentage of the critical materials for the batteries need to come from either North America or countries that have free trades agreement with the U.S. And that limits primarily, <clears throat> primarily China. And in terms of the graphite, like I think 60% of the graphite comes from, from China or something like that. So... There's one thing that I, I don't know, Seth, if you know about it, but uh, I need to look into it more, is that for the critical materials, does the critical material needs to, if the, like, for example, there's a lot of lithium, cobalt, um, nickel even, I think, that is mined in Australia, which has a free trade agreement with the U.S., mm-hmm. but then it's processed, processed in China. Yeah. Is the, is that okay, or, or with the with the new bill, or is is it not? I, th- I think that's kind of like in the fine print, and I think yeah. there's like a percentage that it's okay, but I think like the overall has to be like eighty percent or something, and then it changes for another year. I'm not uh, super up to date on it, but you know, I'm sure somebody's going to put together like a nice flow chart, or hopefully the government does on what needs to happen, yeah. and I'm sure all these companies are are thinking about that. Um, so you asked me previously to play devil's advocate. Go for it. It's hard. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> it seems pretty overwhelming, but, uh, you know, we do know that, uh, Tesla goes sometimes for two different places so that they can play each other, uh, you know, play off each other. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of Texas, that was, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, which of course there's also a rivalry between Oklahoma and Texas. So that makes it even more, more, uh, you know, uh, combative, I guess. So theoretically, Tesla got a much better deal uh, in Texas because the thought of them going to Oklahoma was probably, you know, not a, not a great thing. And I'm sure, you know, mm-hmm. Oklahoma is obviously 
playing playing pretty seriously to get it as well. So, and um, so you know, I remember you had a great source that was able to help us um, find out that it was going to be Austin before it was officially announced. Mm-hmm. Is that a uh, person at all involved in uh, th- this this part of the? I, I it might be work for me to check it. I don't know if it's since in Canada it won't it won't be the accessible mm-hmm. to them, but it might be worth to, to check. Uh, it might be too early though. It might, um, like you said, I think at this point, Tesla might still be pinning uh, Ontario versus Quebec right now to mm-hmm. to get the best uh, possible deal. But um, I think I think I, I like Quebec's chances because. I don't know about the permitting process, and I've been looking into like, is there anything that, anything that's been proposed on the legislature level to uh, to create like exceptions? That uh, I mean, you can still create exception, but I don't know if like if, if Tesla would need any actual changes in the law. But there's nothing really coming for now. But uh, one thing is that I think incentive wise, like actual like money incentive, I think the fact that Quebec already unlocked billions of dollars for battery production. Uh, to be made in Quebec, I, I think like they w- probably wouldn't even need to approve uh, a new like big package for Tesla to build a factory there. They could probably use that, uh, so that that could be very interesting here. Now, th- there's the possibility too that it might be not like a gigafactory like with vehicle production. It might just be a, a battery gigafactory. We don't we don't know. That's something to keep in mind too. Uh, the way I see it, because especially if Tesla has been poking around uh, in uh, in the Battery Valley in Quebec, that they could probably establish a battery production facility there that would make a ton of sense and everything. But if we're talking about a full-scale gigafactory with vehicle production, which requires five to probably closer to 10,000 employees, I don't know if the region would be great at supporting that. Like It's probably possible, but it would require... like we A lot of people would need to move to, to make it happen, probably. Um, it's just... Uh, I mean, Quebec still has a... I think we have a four-person unemployment rate right now, an historic low. So it's not like the jobs are... Uh, That's everywhere. Need, yeah, everywhere these days with the labor shortage. But like you would need to convince people to move there. Um, so maybe something closer to Montreal would make more sense. It's a much more popula- uh, population-dense area. Yeah, I've seen people. the comments of people already... Uh, in my post this morning, I referenced... Uh, Grand Bay area, Bromont, Bromont, Grand Bay. That that could make a ton of sense. And someone, Hugo, I think uh, in the comment just mentioned it too. Yeah, uh, because that would make sense because uh, well, there was already production. At, uh, you mentioned the Hyundai plant. There was a Hyundai plant here it has been closed for for years now. Uh, but there's a lot of industries there, a lot of uh, engineering, a lot of uh, high tech companies too. Uh, surprisingly, a lot of high tech companies there. And uh, some Tesla suppliers there too, I think, uh, already there for like uh, steel parts and things like that. So that that could make sense, and that's uh, only that's less than an hour away from Montreal. So I was thinking something probably a, a model close to what Berlin has. So, you know, Gigafactory Berlin is not in Berlin; it's about an hour away from Berlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something like that. I was thinking maybe Drummondville too would make sense. Uh, I think I think Hugo also mentioned Sorel Tracy, which could could also could also be a possibility in my opinion. Valleyfield, yeah, maybe Valleyfield. Uh, that's really close to Montreal, though. But it's mm-hmm. also close, yeah, it's close to the airport too, so that that could make sense. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of possibility here. Uh, 
but um, I'm gonna. I, I've been I've been spending a lot of times on this lately because especially now this morning since I, I've seen this uh, job posting, I'm like, oh, like this is starting to get likely. So I start poking around all my sources that might know something in Quebec, see if they know something. Want to be the first to know if it's actually happening. Yeah, you're gonna but buy also, some adjacent property too. And- Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I, I would have time to do that, but um, I mean, I'm I have a pretty big property here near uh, Battery Valley, so that's that, uh, I'm excited about that because re- at least regardless of where it's going to be in Quebec, I think Battery Valley, uh, which is like 35 minutes from where I, where I am, is uh, is going to benefit for it anyway. But if it's not Tesla, anyway, someone is going to build a battery factory there. I think it just makes too much sense. There's uh, there's a, a port there too. Uh, 12 Rivera's port is a big, big uh, shipping port, and uh, there's um, there's just all, already all the components you need to make a battery is there. You just you just need someone to put the cells together. Though all those companies are already pre-selling all their capacity. I, mean, I know like uh, GM has bought the capacity from Livent. Uh, that uh, that's the lithium processing plant there. Uh, they also have the POSCO plant for their cathode processing um, material. So very exciting stuff, at least. But uh, yeah, Tesla would definitely be like the what do you call it, the anchor project for for something like that. Like, oh yeah, and it would start up you know a bunch of other you know side business suppliers would have to set up shop there as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, speaking of Gary Berlin too, uh, last week Tesla invited a bunch of uh, analysts, their Wall Street analysts, to take a tour of the factory and. Uh, we got a little bit of tidbits of information coming out of it. Some people saying that uh, Tesla didn't want to disclose the actual production rate there just yet. We know it's over a thousand. They reach a thousand in June, and some drone video so shows that there's a nice flow of Model Ys uh, getting out of the factory. And uh, now we have uh, Pierre Faragou from New Street Research that uh, commented on the factory, and he said that I was very impressed with the efficiency of the of the plant. I'm quoting here. Compared to Fremont, Berlin is visibly much more efficient. Logistics inside the factory are much simpler, erased by ducts surrounding the fab from all sides and ensuring parts come at the right place in the manufacturing chain. The single manufacturing line is designed for a cycle time of 45 seconds and will deliver 10,000 cars per week at full capacity. Uh, on the side notes, it takes just about five full days nonstop to do 10,000 cars at 40 seconds, uh, 45 seconds per car. Uh, so this target accounts for a healthy 25% downtime. Most importantly, cars are manufactured today with the rear casting and will shift to rear and front casting as soon as the 4680 structural battery packs will be available. So yeah, I've, I've read a few notes from a few of the analysts that were at that uh, event, and most appear to say that uh, they expect Tesla to switch to the 4680 in the structural pack at Kia Factory Berlin within the next few months. So uh, maybe not by the end of this quarter, but probably early next quarter. And yeah, many of them are putting the capacity at close to 2,000 units a week now, which is a, a starting to be significant volume for Tesla, Gigafactory Berlin. But yeah, this is encouraging. Like the Tesla to achieve uh, 10,000 units per week, uh, they, they would they can do that in five full days of production. So, and obviously, they, I think they're going to still produce the weekend too. So, they can, there's definitely room to grow there. And uh, also, Faragou noted that uh, Tesla is facing unprecedented demand. Uh, which we can already know with Tesla stopping to take some orders on some variants of their vehicle because of it. But at the same time, there they was in Europe, Tesla did, uh, we discussed that last week, Tesla launched the Model Y 
standard range there. So at, at a very attractive price, uh, but that might be more of a result of the BYD blade batteries. We're not so sure. Yeah, it wasn't even sh- we weren't even sure up until this point that um, Berlin was going to do forty six eighties. It was mostly Texas that we had been hearing about, right? Yeah. Or did we do we know that? Well, I mean, I think forty six eighty like it may Tesla just didn't have the volume and makes more sense to send them to Texas and then send them from Fremont to Texas and from Fremont to uh, right. To Berlin, so I think there's just like we won't. They probably won't have it until they make them there. I would assume. So it sounds like they're planning on making 4680s in Berlin and within a year. Yeah, or maybe once they also they plan to do production of 4680 in Texas by the end of the year, and once they have that, maybe Fremont starts to ship them to uh, to Berlin since Texas makes their own. I'm not, I'm not so sure. Or perhaps, uh, wasn't Panasonic going to make some? Maybe they make some in Japan and send them over? Uh, yes, but that's, uh, I think that's going to be not before Q2 next year, if I remember correctly. Uh, they use the like, financial year differently, but I think like it's like March, starting in March 2023, that the year starts. And they said that it's that year that the first 46 CD are, are going to ship from Panasonic. All right, we're seeing some indication too that the semi program is uh, moving along. Tesla is ramping up, uh, ramping up hiring of semi <laughs> semi service program, which uh, of course that uh, brought everyone starting to joke about. Yeah, Tesla service has always been semi and whatnot, <laughs> but this is obviously about the Tesla semi electric truck. So Elon recently said that the the 500 mile Tesla semi is going to start shipping the customer by the end of the year, and of course, if it's in the hand of customer, Tesla has to service those vehicle last year we started we, we reported on this the first launching is a semi service program that's the actual name of it uh that uh, they started hiring technician but uh, it looks like it was just in fremont and in uh, uh, nevada and reno where tesla operates their own tesla semi between uh, gigafactory in nevada and uh, fremont factory but um, now tesla has expanded they, they, they put a new job posting where they're looking for positions in Fremont, Sacramento, Modesto, Central Valley, that's all in California, and Reno, Nevada. Uh, and they specifically say in the um, job posting that uh, whoever is hired for those positions will be the first technician to provide in-person service to our new customers. So this is actually for uh, people that, that uh, are customers of Tesla's uh, semi truck, not uh, internal service that like it has been so far. So uh, everything points to deliveries. I mean, I, I could expect them any day at this point. Uh, we don't know exactly where we're going to be the first one, but it's going to be at one of those locations, most likely. I think it's in Modesto that uh, the free. Yeah, Modesto is the Frito Lay factory that um, Pepsi is one of the biggest customer of the Tesla truck, at least for pre-order wise. And uh, the uh, CEO of I don't know if it was oh, yeah CEO of PepsiCo. Uh, said that they were expecting them last year and to, of course, uh, delay the whole program. But uh, I would expect they're probably going to be amongst the first to get the the trucks. And um, It does I, seem like it's all West Coast at this point. Um, if you're an East Coast uh, Tesla Semi customer, it doesn't look like uh, there's going to be any service in your area for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think I think, like, I don't know 
what kind of volume estimates we can we can put together here, but I, I would be shocked if Tesla deliver more than like twenty trucks to customers this year, and that that would already be pretty good, like uh, a pretty decent amount. Um, but uh, as far as we know, the production is still completely coming from that Nevada factory that we um, just outside of a gear factory, Texas, uh, and um, so. I, until they move production to Gigafactory Texas with higher volume, and I, until they get 4680 in higher volume, because I, I assume that they switch the design already to 4680 for that truck, uh, then I don't think we're going to see any significant deliveries. And as usual, Tesla for the first deliveries they focus on closer to the factory. Right. Uh, so in, in this case, the West Coast. All right, there was this comment from Elon Musk that got the media blaze this week. They were. <laughs> I was looking at all my media alerts and it was all the same headline. Elon Musk is calling for more oil and gas and like, oh, like he's like now that he's going Republican too, like and now he's been completely captured and he's been going, <laughs> going like, let's drill, baby drill. But obviously his comments were way um, more specific than that where he was just, uh, he was at an energy conference in Norway and of course, Norway is a big oil state, uh, even though they're also huge on electric vehicles. And he was referencing the fact that he uh, he has an understanding, which everyone that has a brain should have, that if you stop uh, producing oil right now, the whole economy would collapse and the whole society would collapse, really. Civilization would collapse. Uh, so you understand that while we need to accelerate the push to electric vehicles and sustainable energy, in the meantime, we need to um, to drill oil and to, uh, to to supply the country, and that, that's also in the context it was in Europe. And Europe is also having an energy crisis right now due to a restriction on Russia. So, so this is this is within this context here. So there was, if you've seen those headlines this week, uh, I mean, I'm, you, you can have your disagreement with Elon Musk, but I don't think I don't think his comments were really well uh, like. Says world still needs oil and gas. Yeah, of course he still needs oil and gas. Elon Musk, world needs oil and gas, or civilization will crumble. Obviously, uh, so I don't know why. Yeah, but I feel like that it was purposely taken out of context for specific needs. For instance, I feel like um, some of the Republican senators, uh, MAGA senators, uh, said stuff like without oil and gas, the world will crumble. Yeah. And, and, uh, I feel like I, I saw one of, I, I, somebody tweeted it without any context and saying, you know, like you can't get rid of oil and gas. Well, that's, that's not really not what he was saying here. He was just saying yeah. at this very moment, we need oil and gas because there's a lot of infrastructure that requires that. So, and he did say, to be fair, he did say also like, he probably thinks that more exploration might be needed. Uh, and and that that's fine. It's just like at the end of the day, all we need is make sure that we're not incentivizing the wrong thing, though. Because obviously, you can also deploy uh, solar energy. You can deploy wind. You can deploy. Like, he also said something about there should be more offshore windmills in uh, the North Sea. Uh, like people didn't care about that. Like yeah. uh, like the Thank drilling you. part was more uh, interesting. But uh, all you need to do is just make sure that we're we're not like subsidizing oil again, um, which is, doesn't make sense when you account for the impact it has on the environment. So 
but at the same time, it's not a big deal because solar and, and wind are just becoming too uh, viable financially that uh, for the most part, the money being invested is all going that way instead of going to fossil fuel at this point. Yeah. All right. Uh, Toyota. Toyota has a change of heart in the uh, doubling down on the electric vehicle now and tripling their funding for the U.S. battery factory. I'm sure it has nothing to do with the new uh, federal incentive for electric vehicles. It's just Toyota finally just came to their senses and like, we need to go big on electric vehicles. Uh, but uh, yeah, Toyota, uh, they have this uh, plan coming up in Liberty, North Carolina, and it was already announced, but they are, we're only investing $1.2 billion, which sounds like I think only, but it's still a decent amount. But it's uh, actually not that big for a battery factory because if you, batteries are viable in an extremely high volume. And if you're putting $1.2 billion, this might be like a, a 10 to 20 gigawatt hour per year. It's not that much. But they announced that they are ramping that up to 3.8 billion dollars. So a significant ramp up. Uh, they haven't disclosed the production capacity that's going to come out of that. But I would assume that uh, now we're, we're, we're getting closer to a, I don't know, a 50 to 100 gigawatt hour battery facility here. Yeah, and for Toyota, which is I think still the world's largest uh, auto producer. By it's volume, not, I think so, yeah. Yeah, by actual vehicles. I think that's not a huge amount of batteries for them still especially for how many they sell how many vehicles they sell in the u.s they would need a few factories yeah they would need new models uh to to put those battery in because the bz uh, 4x right now is not uh flying off the shelf really uh <laughs> especially with the <laughs> the wheels the, falling off yeah already the recalls on it and everything and also i think people when they think ev they don't they don't think about toyota <laughs> no and and you know the uh, um, Subaru version of that is also not doing terribly well. I just also I don't think they have very big allocation for the U.S. market either. So it's not right. even even if the demand was there, they, I don't think they would uh, sell any kind of uh, significant volume. Uh, electric boats. We have the Vision Marine here. It's actually a Quebec-based company. Uh, they uh, they just broke the record for the fastest boat uh, electric boat. They went to the Lake of the Ozark show, uh, shootout, which is a like a very big event for for boating companies where they uh, they basically they drive like maniacs on the water. And <laughs> um, two years ago, Vision Marine uh, broke the record for the fastest uh, electric boat there. I think it was fifty five miles per hour, and that might not sound like much, but underwater, fifty five miles per hour is extremely fast and uh, they decided to break their own record this year with their new emotion uh powertrain so vision marine they make their own boats their own electric boats uh, some some pleasure boats some speedboat uh but the the real project that they're working on right now is uh, an outboard electric uh motor for boats so we see we see, see them here so it's something that could be uh implemented on basically any boat that use outboard motor uh, so their emotion system has a, a battery pack that can be integrated into most boats, and then you can put the uh, electric motor, electric elbow motor on it, and turn your boat into a an electric beat beast. Uh, in this case, they were working with LCAT power boats to create this uh, little catamaran speedboat, and they managed to achieve 109 miles per hour. I don't know if I can spin the video where it's going to be super loud. It's like, not going to be loud. It's a uh, yeah. 
but still, I mean, the pro just the propeller alone. Well, they have the music too on it, but this this is pretty crazy that you have a boat going at 100 miles per hour and you don't you don't really hear it. Uh, but 109 miles per hour on the water is is absolutely insane. And uh, now they they have this deal with uh, Group Beneto, uh, which is one of the biggest boating company in the world. They own a ton of different brands, and um, they're gonna implement their boats, their outboard motor on those boats so that they can go electric. So it was basically a showcase of what the technology can do here. Yeah, I wonder, uh, we see a lot of uh, new uh, electric boats coming out. Some have um, hydrofoils. I wonder if uh, hydrofoils count in that category and if you can get a lot faster with those things because there's a lot less uh, drag there. Yeah. I'm always a little bit concerned about hydrofoils because, like, when, when when I go boating, like, I'm always even even like in a little canoe or something. I'm I'm worried about like algae. I'm worried about uh, rocks, like hitting rocks with my propeller. My, my propeller, uh, and so with an hydrofoil, I would be like super worried because it's even much deeper in the water. Like, it freaks me out. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know exactly how deep those things go, but um, yeah, it's definitely deeper in the water, at least from from the start, maybe when it's actually boiling, yeah. it's probably up a little but higher. But your worried is especially like closer to, to uh, the shores, like right. when, when you're like uh, docking or something like, and when you do that, you're not at high speed. So the, those hydrofoil are deep in the, in the water. So right. I assume you need like a deeper water uh, marina or something. Yeah. And, and then the, the nice thing is like, you don't hit the waves cause you're riding through the water. But yeah. That's cool. Also like, if you hit something, it's it's pretty much over for for you, right? Like, yeah. Like the hydrofoil hits something on yeah. on the ground, and you're just gonna start flopping. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Aptera. We've been we've been really hyped about Aptera. Um, the uh, they're getting closer to production, but now they, they we reported like a few months ago they closed that they were crowdfunding, and we're always a bit careful about crowdfunding electric vehicles because. Uh, it's hard to bring an electric vehicle to market. Uh, it's extremely capital extensive. And when um, you bring crowdfunding into it, you bring like small investors, it's, it can get shady pretty quick. And uh, But Aptera, why I'm hyped on it is like, this is actually not a, a car. This is a, they classify it as an autocycle. It's basically a three-wheel enclosed motorcycle. So in terms of the regulation to bring it to market, it's it's a lot easier. Uh, so a, a lot of people like ask me, like, uh, why you, know, you guys don't report on Atlas, uh, the pickup truck company that's uh, crowdfunding, uh, um, that, that's crowdfunding a pickup truck? I'm like, I, I just, I, I don't think, like, I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> just the, right. the, they're spending so much money on marketing. Like the, you open your Instagram. If you if you ever typed electric vehicle in, in your life and Instagram knows about it, they are, they're going to they're gonna show you an ad of Atlas. And they're not selling their pickup truck. They're selling their, their crowdfunding. And uh, bringing a pickup truck to market, it's at least like 400, to a billion, 400 million to a billion dollars it's going to cost you. I just don't think you can crowdfund that. I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, I, I think that people that invest in that could use their money. So I, I, I don't want to promote that, especially if I, I put their chances of ever delivering something to market at like 1% or 2%. But 
but Aptera put them closer to like maybe like 50% because they, they it's not like a car. It's it's basically a motorcycle, yeah. uh, but way safer, obviously, <laughs> and also more useful than a motorcycle uh, utility-wise. And I just like this idea of like just pushing efficiency to the top. So I think there's a and there's definitely a market for it because they announced with this new fundraise, they announced that uh, they uh, just reached twenty uh, thirty thousand reservations. Uh, so that's eight thousand more than a, when they closed the last round. And uh, for people who invested, with full disclosure, I did invest in the company, just a tiny amount. Uh, if you invested in the last round, that was at nine twenty a share. Now it's at ten fifty a share. So. Uh, even though you have no money, way to exit that investment, you still already made some money technically. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is this is this bring the valuation though at seven hundred million dollars, which I think is a lot uh, for the company that hasn't delivered anything yet. But they are relatively close to bringing it to production, at least low volume production. They have a facility already. They are deploying production equipment there. Uh, I don't think they can deploy high volume production, but that's what this new round of financing is for. Uh, so they can probably reach production with their current investment, but with a, a new round of investment, they're gonna uh, be able to produce more. But thirty thousand people, like I, I'm just very happy that the fact that there's the thirty thousand people that are actually interested in that vehicle that shows that there is a market for just something that's super efficient. And the solar aspect of it all is also interesting, where you, you can you can you just technically you never have to plug that car if you drive less than like twenty thirty miles a day on it. Yeah, that's super cool idea. Yeah, I'm I'm not invested, but I have a reservation for for one of the cars, so I'm fully hoping this comes through. I I do think the price is a little bit high for uh, the level of uh, you know, quality that you're getting. It does have a solar okay, panel. The, the price of the vehicle here, not the price. Of yeah, the, yeah. So it, it's like around thirty thousand um, yeah, dollars. It starts at twenty five. So for twenty five thousand dollars. Uh, the same price as a, a Chevy Bolt currently, a uh, nice electric <laughs> vehicle that uh, my mom just picked up. Uh, you get a, you know, admittedly a lot less uh, utility vehicle. Certainly uh, more fun to to look at and it charges itself. But, um, you know, $25,000 for a, uh, you know, motorcycle level of um, safety uh, quality, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of, uh, throwing a little bit of money at this. I'm, I'm involved, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in it, I'm in it too. But, um, yeah, I don't know if they're going to go high volume at that price. If they could get the price, you know, under 20,000, maybe they, they, um, uh, they qualify for some of the, the $7,500, uh, tax credits, stuff like that. Um, then it's going to be a more viable product. And obviously they have to actually make the product. Um, they did have a, an agreement with uh, Taiwan in Taiwan to, to build the thing as well. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that's how they get to market. Um, so the product itself is, seems like a, a product that people want. Um, I certainly am interested, but it's the little details of actually building it. I think they are building it in California, though. I think Taiwan is uh, an agreement to to build some parts of it, but I think the final assembly is going to be in, in California. Yeah, and Taiwan might actually sell some in Asia or something like that as well. Oh, okay, maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. It's, it's, it's expensive, but I, this can 
it's not a full car replacement obviously i'm not right. saying like oh you buy this instead of a model 3 uh but you 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 it can replace most people's commute really because most people's commute is like by themselves or maybe someone else right and uh this is going to be more efficient than any electric car out there safer than a motorcycle or an electric bike but also uh enough storage space where you can also stop at the grocery store and, and, and get some groceries and you have no problem. Like you can see the, the trunk here is significant really. And so it can be, uh, it can not fully replace a car, but it can replace a lot of what a car can do. And that will, that would, uh, just make a lot of mileage a lot more efficient overall, I think, uh, which is the goal. All right. I think we're already done for the, uh, news yeah. part of the week we can move into the comment section if you guys have any comments put them right now we're going to discuss them all right we already talked uh, about hugo mm-hmm. uh let's move on uh very exciting news about possible nmg and tesla relationship Are you familiar with this nmg is the nouveau monde graphite that i talked about earlier so the, okay. the graphite company so if you remember i said the nouveau monde graphite was actually a sponsor of electric uh oh that's right top- 2019, when the CEO, Eric Desonier, created this video where he was talking to Elon Musk, basically like a funny little space ball like video uh, to convince Elon to reach out to them and everything. Uh, so we did promote that back in, the, in back in the day. And it looks like it worked. <laughs> they finally got Tesla's attention, but like two, two or three years later. Pretty cool. Um, we had, if we, if that happens, we had a small part in that, I guess. <laughs> Uh, moving on, uh, electric cars are cool and all, but are not going to save the planet. Oh, that's a bummer. We need less cars or fewer cars, not more. Tire pollution and brake dust hurts us more than emissions. Wow. Curious your take without the Musk bias. So, oh, you know, I've seen it's a raven, like uh, other comments, everything he thinks we're like Tesla fanboys or anything. I don't think we're going to be able to convince him, but we did talk about the... Uh, brake dust and also that's not how you spell brakes but um it's just not accurate it's not more polluting it's just more directly i i do i, I do think there is value in that in that thought process though for a lot of people that are like yeah climate change they're not so sure like yeah, the 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 earth always like go into cycles and whatnot and everything like People that say that, like, you, you won't be able to convince them otherwise anyway. But what you can convince them is, like, actually, even if you don't believe in, like, or if you believe in climate change, but you think it's not, it's inevitable because that the herd goes through cycles and everything. Do you believe in air pollution? Because, like, you see in big cities, they have, like, zero. It's not about climate change anymore. It's about, like, direct air pollution in those cities. Like, a lot of European cities have these... uh restriction often when the smog gets too big where you on, only the uh, license plates that end with uh, a, a pair number versus a um was it in english uh, you have a even an odd even an odds number like one 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 day it's a even number and the other day it's an odd number that you, or you cannot drive like these these things are serious and no these things are not because of brake dust uh, the entire pollution they, they are because of exhaust uh, but tire pollution and brake dust are definitely a problem, and I would agree that if you can drive uh, to wor- go to work in your electric motorcycles or, or uh, a bicycle, electric bicycle, that would make a lot more sense. And the for, for the brake dust, I never use my brakes on my electric car. Like uh, the the I use Regen baking, so there's definitely no brake dust on electric vehicles, or a lot less brake dust. 
Yep. All good points. All right, and there's no such thing as green tires. Actually, uh, they are like the new the, the new tires are greener ones, yeah. still. Yeah. All right, on the other side of the fence, we have Grandmaster UV. Love this channel. Love you guys. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we'll just get some of those raving yeah, things. Quebec, the hydroelectricity is obviously one of the biggest advantage too. But uh, Ontario also has a lot of hydro. Uh, but it's. I think it's cheaper in Quebec, though. I think the IWC is cheaper here. Oh, we should check this out. About Valley Field, Quebec is a potential Tesla site. There's a study published in 2019 about the potential of that municipality. Uh, Hugo mm-hmm. seems like a, a good sleuth. Maybe uh, mm-hmm. send us some some of your findings. Yeah. And then, all right, Gaukur Ponzi question. I thought the qualification for the EV tax credit is for the vehicle to have four wheels. Yeah. That's a good point. No, uh, I, don't, I don't think Aptera is going to have that. Yeah. yeah. Um, they would have qualified for some money under the old credits, which I think they got like 2500 for motorcycles. I think uh, yeah. Zero was getting that. Yeah. But I was yeah, actually would... kind of surprised that there was nothing for two or three wheelers. Yeah, I mean, for motorcycles, I don't know how big of a difference it would make, like how big an influence it would have. Um, but for for the Aptera, it would make sense, I think, because you actually you you could that money could not only like it would help like the sales period, but it would convince more people like to like, hey, maybe I can live with an Aptera instead of a full size car. Like yeah. it would make sense for a lot of people to just make that switch. So it would be a very nice incentive, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the Aptera is a good second car. Exactly. If, yeah. if you have like you know two people who are driving, and one of them can kind of get by without you know whatever, yeah. I think that that's that's a sweet spot there. I mean that's what it would be for us. All right, Dan Oberst, all the Atlas prototype is the size of an F six fifty, too big for high volume. I mean, do they even have a prototype? Like, do they build? Well, something? No, I don't think they have a working prototype. Uh, I think they have a lot of like foam. <laughs> Right, There's still prototypes that are just are not working. I know I don't. I'm just not that. Uh, I don't believe that they have much to um, to work with right now. Yeah. All right, uh, Doug Grinberg's question: Are you following Automotive Part Manufacturers Association of Canada Project Aero Zero Emissions Concept Car for possible production? Question mark. Yeah, I, I not too closely. Uh, I did. Last time I checked, it was still like renders and, and things, so I wasn't I wasn't too impressed. Uh, but for production, though, I'm not uh, I'm not so sure if it's for, for production. To be honest, I, I thought it was more like uh, to showcase all of the different suppliers in Canada that could support uh, automotive production. Like it's from the Automotive Part Manufacturer Association. So I thought it was more something like that, and then you make like a one-off to to show that. I didn't I didn't know that they were looking for a possible production. That would be news to me. Hmm. All right, that's pretty much it for the comment section. All right, well, it was a quick one this week. Hopefully, we have a bigger week next week, more news to discuss, and now uh, we can uh, get to them with you. But uh, I hope you guys have a nice weekend. You stay safe out there. We're going to see you same time, same place next week. Have a good one.